0: So, do you guys remember something Miss Stephanie said a couple weeks ago, that Jesus is the best seeker and finder in the universe? Does anybody remember that? Today in our gospel reading, we saw Jesus finding something yet again. In case you missed it, I'm going to read it, and I want you all listening, or all the children listening, for what Jesus finds, okay? Grown-ups too. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changer's sitting there. So there it is. Did you all hear it? What did Jesus find? Can y'all, you can, anybody? Oh, Rowan's got his hand up. What'd he find, Row? Sheep and oxen. Anybody else? Did you catch what he found? Okay, so he found people selling sheep and oxen. Those were people selling sacrifices and money changers. This were people, there was like temple money and everybody had to change their money into temple money. It was a way they made money, okay? So a few weeks ago, when we learned about Jesus being such a good finder, he had found some of his first disciples, But today, we see Jesus finding something different entirely. What he finds today kind of reminds me of um, in a summer night when I go down to my kitchen and it's dark and I turn on the lights and I see a cockroach. Do we have a picture? Do we get my picture? (gasps) There it is, okay? So in short, Jesus is not pleased this time with what he finds, okay? So let's see what happens next. And making a whip of cords... He drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. So here's my first question for you all. How do you think Jesus was feeling when that happened? Anybody get any ideas? Do you think Jesus was like, yay? <laughs> Anybody want to shout out a feeling you think Jesus was feeling? Mad. What'd you say? Sad, mad. That's right. He was angry, right? And so automatically that should get our attention because in all four gospels, we don't see Jesus as being described angry a lot. So it's really important, I think, that we pay close attention to exactly what it was that made Jesus so mad. I also think it's important to know what wasn't happening. Jesus was not throwing a temper tantrum, okay? Got a picture of my tantrum? Let's see. Oh, come on. I had so much fun looking for tantrum photos. Okay, maybe it'll show up. At first glance, it may appear that he was throwing a tantrum. After all, he was throwing a whip around. He threw coins on the ground, and he flipped tables over, right? But there are a lot of reasons I don't think Jesus was throwing a tantrum. For one usually when somebody throws a tantrum, it's because they just have this, these giant feelings. I'm sure nobody can relate to this, right? They're, they're so big, they don't know what to do with them, and so the feelings all come out in this kicking, screaming fit. And on that note, a tantrum is a loss of self-control. That's, I don't know where it is, I'm sorry. We're um, getting some old pictures of things. I can try to make my sermon about that. Sometimes when we throw a tantrum, there's destruction. I think that's what that was. There it is, there's my tantrum, okay. So um, what was I saying? I'm sorry. Oh, a tantrum is a loss of self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit. And Jesus, being perfect, never lost self-control, which is pretty amazing to meditate on, actually. Um, Jesus was also deliberate. It took time to make a whip, right? I don't know how much time. I've never made one, but I imagine it was not, you know, took a little time. And finally, the biggest reason, I don't think this was a tantrum, is that Matthew, Mark, and Luke actually give us a few more details about this incident. And they tell us something else that Jesus said. And he was quoting a couple of different prophets, which means he was trying to communicate something. So what was it? So to answer that, let's talk about those Old Testament prophets for a minute. So the prophets were this unusual group of people, right, who were called to speak to the Israelites and to ask them to come back to God. And so God would ask them to speak, but sometimes he would ask them to demonstrate different things. Because sometimes demonstrating something is better than just telling someone, right? Okay, so here's my final question. Y'all gotta wake up. I need some answers here, okay? So I want you to think of somebody you know that you know they love you. And I want you to think about how you would know even if they don't tell you, how do you know? Okay, wait. You're pointing to your mother. Are you? Po- Both your parents. Okay, you're willing to tell us? How do you know they love you, even if they don't tell you? Um, because Here. whenever I do wrong, they punish me. <laughs> Whoa, okay. So you know that discipline is a sign of love. You are a wise young girl. Okay. Anybody else? Like, oh, wait, we got, we got, look at these teenagers. I'm impressed. Okay. Benjamin. Wants time with me. They want time with you. That's right. That's right. Okay, time, discipline, hugs. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Somebody's back. Okay, one more. Another wise teenager, Dash. They support me. They support you. That's right. This is all a sign of love. And you know it because it's being demonstrated, right? Well, so the prophets would do the same kind of thing. For example, hopefully nobody you know has done anything like this, but Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah at God's command, true story hid a basically dirty pair of underwear in a river because God told him to do that. Isaiah walked around for three years scantily clad and barefoot because God told him to do that. And I don't know, I'm scared to ask. I did have an image of Ezekiel bread, if you've got it, but don't worry about it. You do, it's little. But a lot of people eat Ezekiel bread because it's healthy, but they probably do not warm it up the way Ezekiel did, which was by baking it over a burning pile of poop, right? All of those things... God told them to do to demonstrate something. And I think in this case, Jesus, who was the greatest prophet of all, was demonstrating what makes God the Father so angry. Now, I want to be clear. I do not think Jesus was acting. He was mad as mad could be. But I do think he did what he did to demonstrate the Father's heart. And so what is it that makes God so mad? Well, Jesus said, do not make my Father's house a house of trade And in Mark, we get extra words. He said, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. Well, I think that one thing that made God mad was that people were selling things, sacrifices in his name, in his very house. They were misrepresenting him. But in addition, it's that in making those sacrifices that the people had to buy so expensive, the sellers were keeping people from God. And keeping people out of his house seems to make God really angry. All the sacrifices that the people were selling, Jesus would die as the perfect sacrifice to replace. And the moment he would die, God the Father would tear the curtain in that very temple from top to bottom so that nothing could separate us from God again. So that people from every nation could come to God in prayer and nothing would ever hinder them. So God wants all people from every nation, that means every person in this room, for starters, to be drawn to him, to be able to come to him. And he doesn't want anyone standing in anyone else's way. What kind of loving God is that? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, I just praise you that um, you will do whatever it takes to get our attention, Lord. And Lord, we just come before you and we want to hear you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for your great love in your name. Amen.